You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Like, if I liked bagels. I do. I don't like them toasted, though. Just give me a bagel with plain cream cheese and I'm in heaven. Oh, just butter. (laughs) Cream cheese. Get out of here with that nonsense. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Every week, John Fraser. I'm actually part Canadian. No doubt to boot it. Who wants to draft me? Love me a rouge. And Travis Curra. Man, if they go with Sanceri over Brett Smith, then nothing has changed in Saskatchewan. We'll deliver news and fantasy analysis from the Canadian Football League. And nonsense. Uh, what do you call it? You're supposed to do the thing where you talk and you pretend like you're like in- interested in the thing, but you just the need interview. the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the inner blue. Can't forget the nonsense. I thought you should know I ate two carrot muffins as you were drunk, Jim Barker. Ready, set, hook. Travis Cura, Brazilian Ty with you today. Ty, why did I give up caffeine this week? Because you are a fool. Because I am a glutton for punishment, apparently. <laughs> I, I, I gave up pop for like two weeks once, and it was the worst two weeks of my life. <laughs> Do you have a caffeine reliance? Uh, like, you could call it that. Okay. But I think I'm more just addicted to the sugar and the Coke. Like, I feel like there is a cloud in my head and won't lift and uh, a blistering headache. So if you, if now you, you know how I felt on Saturday morning. That's how you feel every Saturday morning. Uh, no, not when I'm working. Oh, okay. You're a responsible adult sometimes. Adult is a loose term. Well, Grey Cup fit up. I uh, uh, 100 days out of the Grey Cup, I wasn't ready to do it yet, but I gave up caffeine. I had a salad for lunch. What? <laughs> you don't make friends with salad. Hey, apparently... I heard this. Abs aren't made in the gym. They're made in the kitchen. So a couple more salads and I should have some abs, right? I would think so. Like, you know, it should only take about a week. It's like overnight, right? <laughs> in the huddle with Fraser and Kura on the Two It Out podcast. All right. Well, you know what? This year, more than any. I think we've talked about NFL players coming north of the border and playing in the CFL. And First of all, that's got to be a good thing for our league, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, There's obviously getting some uh, exposure down there, and uh, guys that have played here and went back have had nothing but good things to say. Well, most of them anyway, so that definitely helps in the recruitment process for these teams for sure. So it was announced today Johnny Football will not be playing in the CFL this season. Uh, They've extended Hamilton's rights until the end of November. So they can sign him before the end of November. Kent Austin already said it's not likely that they're going to be trading Manziel's rights before the trade deadline. But Ambrosi did say, hey, looks like Johnny Manziel will be eligible to play in the league next year. Even, you know what, Manziel made a statement to Adam Schefter Basically saying, if I join the team now, it's not fair to the fans. It's not fair to my teammates. I want to earn a spot on this roster just like everyone else. I am sure he had somebody write that statement for him, but it looks like maybe he's trending in the right direction a little bit. Can he cross the border? (laughs) 
Who knows? Because <laughs> that might have that might have something to do with it as well. Granted, that statement does maybe did turn turn the page and turn over a new leaf, so to speak. Um, you know, maybe not all about himself as much anymore, which is nice to see if that is the case. But I think I think there's a bigger story here. I don't know if we'll get the full extent of it, but I think that might have something to do with it, with him maybe not being able to cross the border quite yet. And that's probably what uh, his goal is, is to come here, show that he's on his best behavior, and then go back and make the big bucks in the National Football League. He's still only 24 years old, but if he comes here, he has to stay for two years and play. So not only does he need to be on his best behavior in Canada, maybe Montreal would not be the best fit for him, so maybe Hamilton is the place where he should go. Montreal, (laughs) he could get into a lot of trouble there. Uh, And Ottawa. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. So maybe Hamilton or Regina, let's face it, are the best places for Johnny to be uh, for the next two years. And then he also has to light it up because if he just comes up and he's kind of mediocre, he's not going to get another shot, I think, in the NFL. Oh, no, definitely. He's going to have to show that uh, he can play this game at a high level. And if he doesn't do that um, while he's here, I don't think a lot of NFL teams are going to take a look at him. There was also uh, talk that... Colin Kaepernick had been added to Montreal's negotiation list as well. Kind of a different case, uh, Dave Naylor saying he he basically played five years in the NFL, so he made $24 million in salary. He doesn't really need uh, to play anymore. He could just do whatever he wants. With Like, if I had that kind of money, man, I'd be off the grid fast <laughs> if, if i had that kind of money there'd be a lot of places on dudney app that would be doing very well <laughs> you would own dudney you would literally <laughs> buy every place on i could get fake gainer off the wagon for that <laughs> but uh, maybe don't expect kaepernick to end up in an alouette's jersey in the next little while things could change though now another nfl name trent richardson signs in regina he was actually at practice on Tuesday. Yeah, can't be any worse than it was on Sunday, can it? No. <laughs> like, can't, without Cameron Marshall, you can see the holes in the Riders' blocking scheme when the O-line isn't up to par. And they could not run the ball. They couldn't get anything going. So, you know, even a three or four-yard four average isn't going to be the worst thing for the Riders right now. And Trent Richardson has proven that, you know, he can get you three yards on a carry at best for the most part. So I, I don't see this as a bad thing as much as I did before when Cameron Marshall was healthy, but now the holes are starting to show a little more in Saskatchewan and uh, the depth will definitely help. I wonder if this does say that Marshall is going to be out long-term. Yeah, that's scary to think that because he's been so good when he's in the lineup and um, when he's in the lineup, the offense just seems to click so much more. Uh, hopefully Richardson can pick up where Cameron Marshall kind of left off and get this team back to where they're scoring more than nine points in a game. He's not going to be playing this week. Uh, Chris Jones said he's not going to be playing until he's in CFL shape. So I don't know if he'll be playing next week either. But uh, this is a a high-reward, low-risk situation. I don't really think the Riders have anything to lose here at all. Just money. Yeah. That's it. If, uh, just a plane ticket, really. <laughs> like yeah, if, you, you have to try something after last week's game. So 
yeah, all you have to lose is money to get him here and the contract, and you can cut him at any time. If it's not working out, he's gone. So, I mean, yeah, like you said, nothing to lose. And if he's got a good attitude, I think he does have a shot with the Rough Riders. If not, well, like I said, take a hike. I guess another two NFL names here, uh, Aaron Grimes, he's been down there with Philadelphia for the last few years. He signs in Edmonton. Maybe he chose the city over the system. I kind of thought he would go back to Regina, but who knows how much cap space they do have after signing so many guys, Jacoby Ford, Marcus Thigpen, Otha Foster, Jeff Knox, like all these oh, names man. keep coming in. I don't know if they could afford Grimes anymore. I'm sure they would have welcomed him, but he goes to Edmonton, and I'm sure that secondary is going to welcome him with open arms. <laughs> oh, I can only imagine. <laughs> like, they have been, it has been awful the last couple weeks, um, and it, it has really been their downfall. The offense has played, you know, they haven't played, the offense hasn't played terrible. They've played decent football, but the defense just can't hold anybody back, can't hold anybody back, and it just costs them football games, so uh, Aaron Grimes does nothing but help that situation. They also signed Swayze Waters. He did have a you know a couple tryouts in the NFL as well. He was with BC during training camp, and I thought, well, he he's going to make it. Well, no, he he got cut by BC. It looks like Hugh O'Neill will continue to punt, but Swayze Waters will handle field goals. It just means, man, Sean White is still out. Maybe he would have been Edmonton's MVP if he was still playing at this cool. point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they also release Chris Getzlaff, who I, I don't know that if this is really surprising. I don't know if he'll have a job the rest of the season, but all of a sudden there's some Canadian uh, receivers hurt in Saskatchewan. Nick Dembski, Devin Bailey. Hey, maybe he gets laughed. Don't uh, say it. Don't say it. You don't it. want to see him round up the season in Saskatchewan? It, I don't know. Is he? He's not the same Chris Getzlaff. He's not. We so, know that. Like, all it's, he's just going to help the ratio, I guess. Like, I don't. I don't see him being an impact guy. That's just my opinion. I, I have nothing against Chris Getzlaff. His brother's better at sports than he is, but. <laughs> He's not a bad. He's not a terrible person. I just he's getting old for for a slot back. Those guys get beat up. Uh, you can't play this game forever. And um, uh, I wouldn't. But Chris Jones might. Chris Jones might know something that we don't. And like he did with Durant and Ketzlaff could very well end up in Saskatchewan. He has a game-winning touchdown this year. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> He also, so so did Jason Claremont in the playoffs for the Riders. Yeah, he was beat up by the time he got to Regina. <laughs> uh, in Calgary, DeVars Daniels has been practicing this week. He could return this week. Jerome Messam, limited in practice as well. He is questionable. Here's my thing. Calgary's playing Montreal. Just rest him. I would rest everybody. <laughs> rest Bo. They, they, they basically had... A practice on Sunday. <laughs> well, that was a hard-hitting practice. That was well, a that, vicious game. That's, that's true, too, but the, I, you could start all your backups and probably still beat this Montreal team right now. Well, Montreal is going to be starting backups, too, so... <laughs> so why not? 
<laughs> uh, I, I get I get the whole theory of uh, keeping your pedal to the metal and you know stuff like that. But instead of resting guys in week twenty, why not take this week and rest them? <laughs> I, well, you can rest them now and win, and then rest them in week twenty again. Yeah, sorry if you're a Montreal <laughs> fan. It's sucks to be you. Cheers to you. <laughs> Cheers to you. Uh, Weston Dressler could be missing a few weeks for Winnipeg. I wonder if we're nearing the end of Weston Dressler here. Uh, it seems like during his Winnipeg tenure, he's been hurt more often than not. Yeah, it seems like the game's been has finally caught up to him. Uh, takes a lot of he makes a lot of plays, but puts himself in a lot of positions where he's liable to get hurt uh, making those plays. So. Um, and like you said, since he's been in Winnipeg, it seems to have been uh, the oft-injured Weston Dressler. So him missing a few weeks, not a huge surprise. But right now with that receiving core what it is, I don't think it's a huge, huge loss for that Bombers team. And I feel like we're ta- we're talking about like the 2009 Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Andy Fantuz could be playing this week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, if he's healthy, you got to get him in the lineup. Like... He, he catches everything you throw to him. His hands are so freaking big. He's yeah, um, he's not a fast guy anymore. But your no, he, second he's down, your typical possession receiver. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like Nick Lewis, like Nick Lewis in Montreal, second down. You know where that ball is going, and he still catches it. Yep. Andy Fantuz is the same guy. He's just a little bigger. Maybe not thick, but taller. We saw what the Calgary and Saskatchewan defenses did to each other on Sunday. Saskatchewan has Ryan Lindley. Calgary <laughs> has Drew Willie. <laughs> um and no Nick Lewis and no Javon Oleafoye. Calgary's obviously the most expensive defense on CFL fantasy. Ryan Lindley or uh, the Saskatchewan defense is about a thousand bucks less. They I honestly if they could let me start two defenses and start one in my flex, I would. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a pretty safe bet this week. <laughs> like, I, I want to tweet them. I want to start the Ryder defense and the Calgary defense this week. Please. Why not? <laughs> if we can't start a kicker, why can't we start two defenses? <laughs> well, yeah, it's going to be a rough one, I think, for Calgary. But just watch. Montreal already beat uh, Calgary this year. Can they do it again? Um, I'm willing to bet no. Hey, what did you say when The Undertaker lost to Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 30? Who did you have bet on before that match? Uh, The Undertaker, but that's because it's fixed. <laughs> Why? Well, hey, this could be fixed too. You never know. <laughs> okay, don't start that. Because now, now we're going to have to answer questions. Okay, let's get to the games. <laughs> Time for the Fantasy Expose on the 2 and Out Podcast. Winnipeg starts off the week with a 29-9 win over the Ottawa Red Blacks. Darvin Adams, everybody. Offers out for the 35. They think he's run a Langford looking for the top round. It's wide open. He's got it. And now a foot race to the end zone. And they're not going to get him. Darvin Adams, touchdown. 75 yards. That time. Oh, what a great selly, too. Darvin Adams puts the football down, lies on it like he's taking a nap, and Gord Miller with the greatest pun I have heard in the CFL this week. Winnipeg puts this one to bed. 
Well done. I loved hearing more Gord Miller this week, but I did miss Cuthbert. I don't know. Maybe he took holidays, went to the Bahamas or something. Yeah, I don't understand why play-by-play guys take holidays in the middle of their season. I don't know. I, I'm not saying he did. <laughs> no, but it would have been it would have been nice to have CC. But Gord Miller is so good that you, you don't even realize it that he, he how good he is because yeah. all you ever hear him do is hockey. Matt Nichols goes 23 of 34 for 319 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. <laughs> so if you put on the sheet who the hell was the quarterback for the blue bombers is he no longer the game manager no it's a one-off one i'm not not convinced it was actually matt nichols (laughs) we're coming on here on two seasons of this yeah but not two consistent seasons they're chasing calgary man you don't want I, to I, admit it. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Busted. Until until he does this a couple more, like you'll you'll have this game. And the next week's going to be two hundred and twenty yards, a touchdown with a pick, and they're going to find a way to win the ball game. And everything's see Matt Nichols isn't a game manager. Well, yeah, he is. Nothing's changed. It's just Ottawa's bad too. They're not great. The West is so much stronger than this. This game has just kind of showed that. Matt Nichols is not not a top quarterback in this league. Sorry. He is a game manager. This is just a one-off. People are talking about him for MOP. <sighs> Why? Well, who else in the West is MOP? Andrew Harris. I actually wonder if Alex Singleton could be MOP and defensive MOP. Oh, wouldn't that be something? That would be awesome to see. That would be unreal. Um, I don't think it'll happen because he's a defensive player and people hate defense. Yeah. But, <laughs> but he, yeah, he's so good. But Andrew Harris, if he goes 1,000 and 1,000, I don't know how you don't give it to him. Yeah, that'd be awesome to see too. Darvin mm-hmm. Adams, 195 receiving yards. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that's... Uh... That's a day uh, at the office, I would say. <laughs> yeah, and what do you have? Thirty-five fantasy points. Yeah, like <laughs> I just—he couldn't be stopped. One hundred ninety-five yards on seven catches with a touchdown. That's that's almost three weeks worth of yards. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a nice day for him. Andrew Harris, eighty-three yards on the ground. 49 yards receiving, and yes, Ryan Lindley made Drew Tate look a bit like Warren Moon. 16 of 36, 151 yards with an interception. I The Riders didn't allow a touchdown this Sunday. What are they going to do to Ottawa? Uh, Ed Ganey's going to get two picks again. Two? I think that's conservative. <laughs> well, he... He can't get he can't get one. It's like a sneeze. He's got to do it at least twice. <laughs> I think the over under set at three and a half here. Oof. Well, okay. Does he get three picks off three and a half picks off Lindley or just three and a half total? Total. Okay, I'll take the over on that. <laughs> hey, maybe he gets MOP if he keeps up that pace. Then. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. No kid. Like the guy's got eight picks and. Three games. Yeah. So we got picks in three games. Like, this is ridiculous. 
You had some choice words for me via text message when uh, Sergio Castillo knocked the winning field goal in. Tiger Cats over the Lions, 24-23. So this with 14 to go. For the biggest kicks of his life. And the Hamilton Tiger Cats season. Inside the 50. Kick is up and it is good. Sergio Castillo. field goal with 10 seconds to go. If you've listened to this podcast for the last, I don't know, 18 months, you know that we're big Sergio Castillo fans and this 50 yarder, he had a tough first half. He ended up uh, I guess talking to his girlfriend at halftime and she gave him a kick in the ass and he went out and won the game. Well, they say behind every every great man is a great woman. So that just, that just proves that right that there. That absolutely proves it. And you prove that as well. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah, my wife's a <laughs> lot better than me. <laughs> <laughs> she puts up with a lot more. She does, man. <laughs> my beard right now, I pulled out a white hair today. It's a good I thought you were going to say you pulled out like a piece of food. <laughs> well, that happens on the daily, too. <laughs> it was a good eight inches long. Like, my oh. beard is getting stupid. And gray. I know. That's uh. <laughs> let's not talk about it. It's just depressing. Yeah, it is very depressing. Jeremiah <laughs> Mazzoli, twenty-three of thirty-five yards for two twenty-six with two touchdowns. I think that's a game manager. Well, it... <laughs> okay. Are you a Mazzoli guy? First of all, I don't know if I'm a Mazzoli guy. More than it's just he is playing so much better than Kalaros right now that you don't have an option that, that he has to play. As for being a game manager, well, I think it's the system that makes him a game manager. I don't know if they're really letting him go to his full extent. They could be, and this could be what he is. Um, but him being so mobile also helps the case for him to keep playing. And he, he's he's won games, which is something we didn't think would happen. <laughs> well, maybe Mazzoli, maybe Mazzoli here is, I don't know. They've won three of four now. Mm-hmm. But maybe Mazzoli, he just has that it factor that just leads his teams to wins. Like, I, I'd say Mike Riley has that. I know the last five weeks have been very rough for the Eskimos. But the year they won the Grey Cup, he comes back. They win 10 games in a row, and he actually threw for 49 yards in one of the games, and they still yeah. won. And maybe Mazzoli just has that it factor, that leadership quality, but I don't know if Caleros ever had a running back that ran for 140 yards for him like Alex Green did in this one. Did he have any running back? No, I don't think they ran the ball at all. Yeah, if you can't run the ball, it's so hard to win football games, and like you said, Alex Green gets 140 yards on 13 carries. Hamilton's winning football games now because they have a run game. That with a run game, Masoli has time now because defenses know they can't just straight up attack. They have to respect that run, and now we see we see Masoli can actually win football games. We saw more and more runs when June Jones took over as head coach, which. 
we all like everybody said would happen and it's slowly happening i mean 13 carry is not a huge number but at 140 yards like you don't need to carry the ball that much guys are going to back off and you know cuz if a guy's going for a 10 10.8 a carry you're obviously not getting them at the line. Your secondary's got to step up, and eventually, the more they step up, the greater chance you have at a long, at a deep ball. And you know, it's you keep your defense defenses off balance. You're going to win football games. Jonathan Jennings throws for 345 yards, no touchdowns in this one. Jeremiah Johnson runs for 91 yards. I I feel like Johnson's getting the ball a lot, but not quite getting it enough. A lot of fans in BC very upset with Kahari Jones, and they feel like the play calling is lacking in Vancouver. And uh, it it's been a free fall for them mm-hmm. uh, since the start of the season. They won that three in a row. Uh, Eastern road trip early in the year, and I was like, wow, that's hard to do. I know these East teams aren't, uh, they're not playing so hot right now, but that's not easy when you got three consecutive games across the country. But the Lions now have only won two games inside the West. I guess the Eskimos have only won two games inside the West. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) BC, I never expected them to be sitting at the bottom here. No, say, everybody say every kind week. of thought that this would be the year they'd take that step. Um, you know, we both took BC to win the West this year, and that's kind of blown up on our face. Uh, the O-line has looked suspect. Uh, you know, you got to have a mobile quarterback in that system because of the O-line. Uh, Jennings just couldn't – still throws for 345 yards, but just couldn't get the win. Uh, you know, you only lose by one, but yeah, so I don't know whether or not it's play calling in BC or what it is, but – Something's got to change, and I don't think Buono is going. Buono's not going to be very happy. I think something's about to blow there. Brandon Banks is not really returning the ball anymore, but he's getting really involved on the offense. He had six catches, only forty-four yards. Did have the touchdown. Did you see the catch that was ruled not a catch? Yes. What do you think I, about that? I think it's clearly not a catch, but. He didn't use the ball, I think, to help him trap that uh, ball and, you know, get, gain possession of it. I, when they review a catch, I don't even watch it anymore because I don't know what a catch is at this point in either league, whether it's CFL or NFL. Every time there's a catch and it's suspect, it, there's no point in even debating it. I... It's not a catch, but at the same time, it's it not is a, a tra- catch. I don't. No, it's it's yeah, it's weird, right? Like it could if it was called a catch on the field, it probably would have been called a catch in the review. Yeah, probably would have. Yeah. So, yeah, it's I don't know. It's tough to make those plays at full or to call those plays at full speed, let alone make them. Um, you know, and that's what we have video review for is to correct glaring mistakes and that's not really a glaring mistake um it's just so hard. you have to have indisputable evidence and they obviously didn't have it um i would like to see it called a catch but i i wanted bc to win as well so I was, i'm a little biased on that <laughs> part of me just kind of thinks hey come on he put that much effort into it <laughs> <laughs> yeah but we already have the rouge for trying we can't just give away catches hey don't go don't go be smirching <laughs> i'm kidding i the love rouge. the rouge you will get 
kicked off this podcast as fast as you got on this podcast. I might be losing followers as we speak. <laughs> on to the next game. Well, Toronto beats Montreal 33-19. Darian Durant throws three interceptions. Second and goal. Durant to the end zone for Jackson. It is intercepted. Picked off by Mitchell White. He's got his second interception of the game. And the Alouettes scoring threat is snuffed out. I think more and more what we're seeing this season is Ernest Jackson not the number one receiver we all thought he was. He had a great supporting cast in B.C., Ottawa had a great supporting cast. Now in Montreal, I mean, there is B.J. Cunningham. I think he's a good receiver. Nick Lewis is there. But for the most part, Jackson is going up against the best cover guys on each defense around the league. He's not really getting it done. One of the interceptions in this game went, it hit him in the chest plate. He should have had it. It bounced right off of him, ended up becoming an interception. He had another bad drop in this one. Is He and he had no drops last year. He almost did in the Great Cup in overtime. But is he not as good of a receiver as we thought he was? That's a that's tough. Um, you know, in BC, he's, he had Manny Arsenal. Uh, he's going to take your number one corner. Ottawa, he had Sinopoli. He was probably third in Ottawa, at least. Ellingson, I, would, I would put yeah. him behind Sinopoli and Ellingson. Um, you know, you're going to get a weaker matchup. Now you're getting those number one matchups. you you got to make plays happen. And if, if you're not going to make plays happen, then you're not going to get the ball. And, you know, with all these, these dropping balls and, you know, he's not making the plays anymore that he was before, it just seems weird. I don't know if something – I want it to be that something's wrong. That, that he's hurt or he's banged up and that this isn't what he is as a number one receiver, but he hasn't shown that he is a predominant number one receiver this year. He may just be a product of his environment. Yeah, that and that, that could be very well it too. Like I said, <laughs> he was probably third on the depth chart behind Sinopoli and Ellingson, so you're not going to get your strongest matchup. Sometimes you even might get matched up against a linebacker, which is easy to exploit if you're Ernest Jackson. Uh, but as a number one guy, he's just not getting it done. How about James Wilder Jr.? Oh my God. This kid is unreal. <laughs> I mean, at the beginning of the year, uh, we don't have any real season-long fantasy platforms to play, but we were like, hey, that this guy's going to be a good stash. He had another 141 yards in this one, but only 10 carries. I know he had one, was uh, what, an 85-yard run in this one. Yeah, and like it. He's still got 141 yards. Yeah, six catches like, for 77, too. So <laughs> over 200 yards all purpose. Leading rusher and leading receiver in the game. And this, he's, he's a rookie. And he's been doing this week after week the last little bit. Like, this this kid is on a ridiculous tear right now. Um, I don't know if he... I, I don't see how he can keep it up. But I don't think he, the drop-off's going to be quite as drastic as we see with other guys um you know like 100 yard 100 yard games are still they're still really good and if you can average that the rest of the way that's still gonna put our uh cap off an unreal year for this kid you know we talk about uh, a team that struggles with finishing drives i I think the toronto argonauts are that team Uh, we've seen it all year where they've been able to move the ball but they haven't really been able to finish drives. They had 33 points, but only two offensive touchdowns. Liram Haralahu had to kick four field goals. 
Yeah, uh, you know, just like they won. Like you scored two offensive touchdowns against Calgary or even Edmonton, I guess, or maybe even Ottawa. You're probably not going to win that game. You scored two offensive touchdowns against Montreal. You probably don't even need to score any more points. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> like it's sad. So, uh, but still, like, like you said, with Calgary keeping their foot on the pedal throughout the year, you don't want to have a game like this later on against another division opponent yeah. where you're not finishing drives because it's going to be harder and harder to win as the season goes on. So, I don't know if it's a big issue right now. I think Ricky Ray is a vet- veteran. He'll get it figured out. They'll start finishing drives. And um, right now, I, it's hard to pick another team other than Toronto to win that division. Tyrell Sutton, 105 yards and 15 carries. He did have a touchdown as well. They might be leaning on him even more as the season goes on. I don't like him against Calgary this week at all. He, maybe they give him 30 carries just to get through the game. I don't know. but <laughs> Well, Drew Willey is probably going to get sacked four times and beat up. They're not going to want to put Durant in, or they will, and it'll be the exact same thing as what it was this week. So they're going to have to run the ball, and you can't run the ball against Calgary. Now, why don't they go to Vernon Adams or Brandon Bridge? Oh, wait. (laughs) There was a preseason game last year in Montreal. They dressed like seven quarterbacks. They they dressed eight quarterbacks and played seven of them. Now they have none. (laughs) Well, they got like... Three quarters of one, if you count Durant and Willie together. <laughs> Three quarters is being a bit generous, my friend. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm giving I'm giving Drew Willie way more credit than he deserves. <laughs> <laughs> Calgary beats Saskatchewan fifteen to nine. This is not good, right here. See, player in distress, Naaman Roosevelt, who took a vicious shot over the top. Everybody kneeling. Tunde Adelike yeah, in a collision. Naaman Roosevelt was out on his feet. Yeah, he was. That was a scary moment. Naaman Roosevelt knocked out cold, and he ended up, uh, you know, when you get knocked out and they had he had two arms stuck in the air. It was scary to look at. Uh, he's not going to play this week, obviously. But what do you think of the hit? There was... Uh, some outrage here, some outrage there, but a lot of people saying, hey, that's that's a football play. It's the way it goes. That That's a football play. That's the way it goes. I I honestly see nothing wrong with that hit. I'm a, I hate the defenseless receiver rule. I'm going to say that right now. All you're doing is you're, you're handcuffing a defense because now you have to let this guy catch the ball come down with it, and now you either have to be right there ready to hit him, or he's going to gain another five yards on you, or even get a touchdown. If you touch, But yet, if you if you touch the football, and it's tipped away, I can hit you. How is that not defense... How is that he not defenseless? So, I think the rule is... I hate it so much. I, I hate it. Um, if you're going to... If you're going to play football, you're going to get hit. Now, granted... If he would have led with the crown of his helmet and drilled that in the side of Roosevelt's head, we, it's a different story. Yeah, but he didn't. But he the, turned it to the side. He and... turned his head. He knew he was protecting himself and Roosevelt at that point. Because if the only other thing he could have done was drop his head, and then it's 
it's a whole other issue. I have zero issue with this hit. Um, you're caught. You're taught. Sorry, to rally to the football. That's where the football was going. He's making a deep, he's making a football play. He's not trying to hurt a guy. He's trying to separate a guy from the football before he can make a play. And that's all it is. He, he, he wasn't it wasn't malicious. He wasn't trying to hurt him. He's making a football play. But people see that little bit of helmet to helmet contact. He's not a quarterback. That that shouldn't be a penalty. You're allowed to hit players in the head. That's football. That's what it is. You're never gonna get rid of it. Just it it ah shouldn't have even been a penalty, but it was, and I hate it. But it is what it is. He didn't. I mean, he called it roughness, which I. He didn't target the head. Like granted, granted they hit heads, but it it's not like he targeted the head. It wasn't like he launched himself like a missile with the crown of his helmet. He turned his head, dropped the shoulder, and made a play. And I I see absolutely nothing wrong with that. Grant, like I get it, Roosevelt got hurt, but it's football. It's football. You're going to get hurt. It's a physical game. It's hard to avoid a collision when you're going 100 miles an hour. Yeah. Uh, oh, for sure. And that's another thing. Now you're going to ask defenses to slow down, right? You're, you're got, you see a guy making a play. I have to slow down so that I leave him enough room that he can come down, catch a ball, and then I have to ramp back up to make that tackle or make that hit. And that's just not fair to a defense. There was also some contact on the helmet. Uh, for Brandon Bridge at the very end of the game, which I didn't notice until afterwards. Mm-hmm. Now, it was with the face mask, but by the rule, that is a penalty, isn't it? It is a penalty, and I also hate that rule. By the book, it is a penalty. By the book, I have no problem with it being a non-call. Again, yeah. not targeted. Like, yeah. what? what's a defensive player supposed to do? Really? Like, if I'm the same height as Brandon Bridge, granted, if I'm the same height as Brandon Bridge, I'm freaking huge. <laughs> yeah, you were at field level on uh, Sunday. <laughs> oh, my God. I felt like a Smurf. <laughs> um, That's awesome. You know, how? What is, what's a guy supposed to do? You, you, can't, you can't tackle half of a player. So you have to go in and square to the guy. Well, that means our heads are going to line up, and there's bound to be some contact. I guarantee you in almost every sack we see this year, there's probably some head contact on the quarterback. You can't call it all. Now, if the head's targeted, that's a different story. But again, it wasn't. I have no problem with this being a non-call. And I get it that you don't want to make head contact, especially with your quarterbacks, because they are probably one of the most defenseless players on the field because they're looking downfield the whole time. Well, and they got to keep their form for their throw. and Exactly. Uh, I, I hate this rule. I get why it's there, and you don't want to make it a judgment call for the officials. But that that is not a – I know it's a penalty by the book, but it's not a penalty. It's just not. It shouldn't be, but it is. Why did Calgary have to challenge Saskatchewan running into the kicker? <laughs> that is a great question. <laughs> Brew was looking right at it. That one just – I was like, wait, where's the flag? Like the only thing I can think of is that they thought was it Jefferson? No, it was there? A, no a Guavin maybe I, I, right or so, yeah. The only thing I can think of is that they 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 thought they saw him tip it. Maybe, but at the same time, you throw the flag and then that can be reviewed. Yeah, 
right? So, like, I don't know, and it happened twice. Like, they threw a flag on the second one, but I don't know. Like, when I didn't see the flag on the first one, I was like, oh, he must have got a piece of it. But then I looked where the ball landed. I'm like, there's no way he got a piece of that. So I don't know how you missed that call. Calgary doesn't score a touchdown, but they win 15-9 to either way. Brandon Bridge led the Riders with 12 rushing yards. Yeah, that sounds about par for the course, doesn't I it? Think, I think Trent Richardson could do better than 12. I would, I would, I would, I would have thought Keenan LaFrance could have done better than twelve, but they only gave him the ball three times. <laughs> In a game that low scoring, you'd think you'd kind of commit to the run a little bit more. Well, they tried. Yeah. Calgary had no problem doing it, but Saskatchewan's old line just looked awful. Yeah, by the day. end, of, by the end of the game, Messam was. <laughs> He was. They were training all over the right. Like they, they controlled the trenches all game long. It was a very physical, hard fought game. But yeah, you're right. Saskatchewan uh, lost the battle in the trenches here. But let's see here. Only uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, twelve rushing plays all game long. I don't think that's enough. Oh, definitely not. Um, you're having trouble protecting your quarterback. The number one fix to that is to start running the football and let your offensive line attack for once. You know, try to try to get some separation, uh, try to get a push, and they just they could not get anything going, and they lost the football game. It's just as simple as that. No Roosevelt this week for Saskatchewan. Deron Carter is banged up. I mean, Chris Jones did say, hey, he'll probably be playing. Um, I think Carter ended up saying it's more like a 60 to 80% chance, so not as sure as uh, uh, Chris Jones was. But, hey, Caleb Hawley signs this, an extension in Saskatchewan, and Bakari Grant's still there. Maybe they are the receivers to target in Saskatchewan for CFL Fantasy this week. Devin Bailey had a nice game, three catches, 68 yards, and a touchdown. And on that touchdown, I think another guy was knocked out. He landed right on his head. Oh, yeah. And I think the players wanted to celebrate, but they couldn't because he was out cold. <laughs> this is now... Was this two weeks in a row with a Canadian receiver throwing a touchdown to a Canadian or a Canadian quarterback throwing a touchdown to a Canadian receiver? Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Um, as far as I'm concerned, Bridge should be starting on Friday night, but Kevin Glenn's getting the, the, the nod. But, yeah, that Bailey catch, he landed right on his head, and that was right in front of us <laughs> in our seats there. And I was like, okay, that, I, honest, okay, that's another example of I don't know how that's a catch. You think that one shouldn't have been a catch? Well, he well if you watch the play, he, he didn't survive contact the whole way down. He was down, yeah. and then the player knocked it out of his hands. Yeah, but that you still got to be able to battle for the ball. Like at what point? At what point do we consider a play done? Like I know it's a touchdown. I know he's got possession, but if that happens and he lands, and then as he's rolling over, the ball pops out. Then we have a totally different discussion. I think when he lands on his head, it's a touchdown. <laughs> well, yeah, like I get it, but I don't know. It's just one of those. Like the catch rule isn't black and white either. So, yeah. like, but I when I when I first saw it, I'm like, he didn't catch that. 
But like you said, the, the Calgary defender did knock it out afterwards. But, I mean, to me, he didn't survive the whole way. But, I mean, it ends up not mattering anyways. It's not like it was a pivotal, you know, to win by two or whatever in the dying seconds of a football game. So it ends up not mattering. But it would just, I don't know. The the, the refing was so inconsistent in this one. Like with the, with the missed, the miss running into the kicker. Um, and the various other calls that just seemed that they were no-brainers that weren't made. and um, So, I mean, I get it. It was called a catch. They reviewed it. It was a catch in Toronto, too. So it's just one of those things I noticed that I thought I'd bring up. Calgary, uh, no Kamar Jordan, no DeVars Daniels. Reginald Bagleton, four catches <laughs> for 68 yards. They just keep finding guys. This guy's twenty five hundred bucks. Do we have a new candidate for best name in the CFL? I think so. Like that is unreal. Reginald Bagleton. Like if I liked bagels, I do. I don't like them toasted though. Just give me a bagel with plain cream cheese, and I'm in heaven. Oh, just butter, <laughs> cream cheese. Get out of here with that nonsense. <laughs> Four catches, 68 yards, 2500 bucks on CFL Fantasy. They play Montreal this week. I might go with the old uh, Reginald uh, at uh, <laughs> at receiver for you. Messam, 23 carries, 127 yards. I can see why he's limited in practice this week. That was a physical game. Yeah, and he's probably going to get a lot of carries this week too. Um, he's your horse, so you got to keep him healthy. You don't want him going to the glue factory too early. <laughs> and on that note, let's pick the game. It's everyone's favorite game show. Are you smarter than two overweight Canadian podcasters? Pick the weekly winners in the CFL on Facebook or Twitter at Two and Out CFL. Brought to you by SeatGiant.ca. If you want to buy tickets for any event, any CFL game, any NHL game, SeatGiant.ca. It is in Canadian dollars. You enter the promo code Poutine. You'll get a few percent off of your order. You'll support Two and Out. And look at that. You got tickets to your awesome concert in Canadian bucks. None of that uh, U.S. dollar stuff. Yeah, like my playoff tickets were last year when I thought I only spent $400 and so I spent like 650 I was like, oh, okay. Damn! <laughs> <laughs> and then I didn't even go. What? Uh, we had a concert the night before and drove back to Lloyd, so I sold them. Oh, okay, okay. But I, I definitely lost money on that deal. <laughs> Damn. Well, <laughs> Friday Night Football, Ryan Lindley and the Ottawa Red Blacks home to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Who are you picking? The Riders' defense probably wins them this game alone. Doesn't really matter who starts a quarterback right now for Saskatchewan. I think their defense is probably going to outscore Ottawa as a team. So I'm going to take the Riders. Yeah, I'm rolling with them on CFL Fantasy, too. Here's Streetheart. It's like a double header and a, a quarter because the games overlap, which, come on, just start the game at 8. I mean, last week's game started at 9. 
uh, yeah, Alberta like that was time. ridiculous. Hey, that was awesome. I like myself some late night football. It's not well, like I was... yeah, we were we were at the curling rink. It it got out of hand in a hurry. <laughs> That's awesome. Just start the game at eight o'clock, whatever. But Calgary, Montreal, do we even really need to discuss? Well, you know, Montreal is starting Drew Willie. You can't be any worse than Darian Durant. I was fully expecting to get cut off already by 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 the Stampeders. I'm going to be completely honest with you here. I got nothing. Yes, the Stampeders. I'm picking them there as well. Now... Saturday's got some real good games, actually. Toronto and Hamilton all of a sudden looks really awesome. Winnipeg and Edmonton, I think, going to be a great battle as well. We'll start with Toronto and Hamilton. Where are you going? Uh, Got to go Toronto. You know what? They really struggle at Tim Hortons Field, too. Ah. Oh. The big part of me wants to pick <laughs> Hamilton in this one, but uh, I, I'm, I'm going to go Toronto as well, but I'm not shocked. I'm setting the confidence pretty low on this one. Does Ricky Ray finish a drive this week? Is that you almost saying you want to pick uh, Hamilton? Almost. Almost, almost, okay. Almost. Winnipeg, Edmonton. Edmonton coming off the bye. This is going to be a fun one, man. Where are you going? Bombers. Bombers. Baby, cool yard caps is what I say. Never had to end this way. Killing the vibe when you up and quit. I'm glad you're gone, but you will be missed. Yeah, when I'm brave. And I'm on my names. Because I need why are they winning? Um, because Edmonton is not Edmonton right now. And, you know, Winnipeg scores 36 points on the road a game. So, I don't know. Darvin Adams, I think, has another big game, too. And Edmonton's secondary is, unless Aaron Grimes can, you know, maybe make Marcel Young sit on the bench, I don't see Edmonton winning this. We'll see what the depth chart looks like. I have to assume that Grimes will be covering Adams. I would uh, hope so for although, Edmonton's sake. I think Benavides kind of likes to do the the zone defense, though. Uh, maybe Which because for he's a game manager to. is a perfect defense to go up against. <laughs> uh, I think Winnipeg's been atrocious at Commonwealth Stadium. I think they're just. Almost as bad as Saskatchewan there over the last 25 years. Um, going to Edmonton. So Brazilian tie, you have one song to listen to the rest of your life. It's the hip-hop version of the Eskimos fight song or the Brian Hall version of the Eskimos fight song. That's not fair. 
You have to choose one. Can I pick who stole the Kishka? <laughs> Damn. Okay, next time we play Winnipeg, we're going to play some Frankie Yankovic. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I probably pick the hip-hop version. Yes. Because, because I cannot stand Brian Hall that much. <laughs> all right, what are you doing in CFL Fantasy this week? Uh, probably going to lose. So, I mean, take that. Take my lineup with a grain of salt. But uh, I'm going to go Bo Levi Mitchell, uh, Flanders because he's cheap and he seems to be getting, you know, a good a good share of the carries. Um, just needed a cheap option at running back. So I'm going with James Wilder as well. Uh, Bryant Mitchell, Brad Sinopoli, Darrell Walker, and the Riders defense because I have a feeling that Ed Ganey and that defense can have a big night on uh, Friday night against Ottawa. So this is what my team looks like right now. Bo Levi, Alex Green of Hamilton had the great game last week, 3500 bucks. Andrew Harris, he's expensive, but he has uh, torched the Eskimos before. Reginald mm-hmm. Bagleton. Shocker. 2500 bucks. I might have him on my team the rest of the year. Uh, Brandon Zilstra, James Wilder, and the Ryder defense. Now this is subject to change because in the past – I've been really burned by picking Bo or actually any player uh, that could be on the side of a blowout because, like, mm-hmm. the, they're not really trying to push the ball down the field. Bo Levi, they'll just end up running the ball or whatever. So I might change that pick. I had him when they beat Hamilton 60-1, to and he did nothing for my team. It was so <laughs> frustrating. I was listening to that game on the radio. I had to turn it off because it was that bad on radio. Oh, man. Were you listening to the Calgary uh, commentators? Was Calgary at home that week? Yeah. Because on Sirius, it's the home broadcast. Yeah. Okay. Um, So granted, like, I'm not a big fan of Calgary. I don't know if this is breaking news to anybody. (laughs) But, like, yeah, once it got to that point where, where you could tell Calgary was already running away with it and just... They just wouldn't shut up, and I'm like, okay, screw this. I'm listening to something else. <laughs> I almost opened up the Tiger Cats app to listen to them on the radio and listen to what Marshall Ferguson had to say, but I figured he would have been pretty upset by then. So I'd yeah. like, eh, I better not. I'll just listen to another podcast. I might just pick Andrew Buckley this week with hopes that he plays the second half. Stop it. <laughs> all right buddy thanks we'll we'll talk to you next week okay sounds good bud facebook twitter at 2nlcfl rate review subscribe on itunes it can help other poor schmucks like you find two and out okay so do that please take a minute out of your day and uh we will talk to you next week thanks for listening find more great shows like this at cf pod network on twitter